to tomorrow. I'm your host, Josh Wojcicki. Today on the podcast, we discuss speed, Degrassi, and the Neo Geo. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, we're back. Hello. With Ryan Houlihan. Ryan, great to see you again. Hello. I just told him this is one of my, my only joy in life. And then he was like, your daughter is in the office. And I said, it's my second joy in life. It's my third joy in life. Wow. I enjoy the podcast. Anyhow, and I'm happy to be back. It's been an insane week of news. Yeah. So much has happened. I kept thinking it was a Friday. I mean, it's honestly, not, it's not a Friday, but it's honestly. It's Wednesday, Lemon. No, it's Thursday. Oh, I see you're making a, a, a 30 Rock joke. Very good stuff. Um, the, the, there are so many psychotic tragedies occurring right now all at once. There's so many like reality destroying <laughs> moments that are collide. It is truly like this could be it. This yeah. could be the beginning of the end for all of us mm -hmm. or the end of the beginning. Think about that, my man. Uh, put that in your what, what put humanity that in your, was really rocketing towards was a thousand years of death war. And put that, that, we're just starting it now. Put that in your brass and bamboo <laughs> handcrafted bespoke jewel weed weed bowl <laughs> weed pipe okay and smoke it uh no there's a lot of shit going on in the world and we should talk about it which is what we do so we're going to do some news and then later on i'm very excited because we've got brianna Wu back on the show who is running for a uh, uh congressional seat in the eighth district of massachusetts is that right did i get that right yes that's exactly against right. uh, stephen lynch and uh anyhow she's a, a future politician advocate, uh, uh, nerd, all things I like. These are all game in my developer. game developer. These are all in my wheelhouse. Um, and, and you know, there's a lot to talk about right now in, in all of those spheres. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to talk to Brianna later, but first we're going to get into some news and Ryan, you have a, I don't even know. There's so much happening. I don't even know what you have planned. So I'm just going to let it happen to me. I'm well, gonna sit here and it's going to wash over me like a, like a cool wave on a hot summer day. The Which news it is not so, a hot summer day, to be clear. It's, and it isn't a cool wave. It's, it's a warm it's a wave hot, of garbage. It's like a hot wave of lava <laughs> washing over my body and turning it to, to, it to dust is what's yeah. happening. And All you're right. like, hopefully the lava is less humid than the air. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay. So the first story that I – so T.J. Miller from Silicon Valley and the Emoji Movie yeah. reviled comedian and like public enemy. I don't know much about T.J. Miller. Here's what I know. I don't watch Silicon Valley. Everybody's always like, do you watch Silicon Valley? And I hit them, punch them in the face when they ask me. No, I don't watch it. I have seen it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fine. It's funny, whatever. It's funny for what it I, is. Here's what, here's what I don't like to do. I tend to not watch shows where every single character is unlikable and detestable and annoying. Mm -hmm. And Silicon Valley is a show where they're like, everybody here is horrible in some way, but then we're going to like kind of unveil, we're going to reveal their redeeming qualities. And I tend to be like, 
I want to know the redeeming quality kind of up front, and then mm-hmm. you can tell me the the bad stuff about them as well. I find every character on that show— That's why you aren't a reality TV guy. —in every situation to be detestable and horrendous and gross. And, like, also maybe it's just like I'll, I'm like, yeah, of course, these are, the, uh, these are like actual Silicon Valley people. So anyway, I don't watch it. But I know T.J. Miller's on it. He's in the He dead. was on it. He's he been was kicked on, off. He got killed or something. Uh, he was kicked off because he was accused—well, he, he was doing a lot of— Possibly drugs, allegedly. Okay, like and weed, like weed, or other okay. things. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's like, comedians love cocaine. I mean, that's a known <laughs> fact. I think it should. I think we should have a rule. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. I'm a comedian. I, there's not. There's nothing like an Adderall. Sure. No, of course. <laughs> of course. That speed is the lifeblood of a comedian's it's work. Like my parents didn't hug me. But I like laughs and speed. But here's the thing. Okay, I think just make cocaine legal for comedians. <laughs> if you're a comedian, you should get a license. You have to get a license to be a comedian. And if you get, it's like a medical marijuana card. It's the, called the Robin long, Williams Act. You, 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 maybe not cocaine. Maybe Adderall is actually the right. It's yeah. like if you're, a I mean, comedian, it is legal for comedians. You get a card. You have ADHD. You get a card, and they give you a, a Ritalin or Adderall prescription. And you're <laughs> off to the races. Next thing you know, you're tough thing though because it used to be everyone in New York's a comedian. <laughs> next thing you know, you're the next. You're, you're Dane Cook. Well, T.J. Miller was allegedly T.J. <laughs> Miller, who I like to think of as the new Dane Cook. <laughs> Okay. He was allegedly accused of um, rape and sexual assault. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so he's kind of reviled. Also, his behavior on talk shows and stuff is just always really awful. Yeah. He um, he called in a bunch of fake bomb threats uh, to a train uh, because of someone he didn't like was on the train. And then he was arrested and told, like, that's a real crime. You, yeah, you can't do this that. Isn't, this isn't like – you're not getting your lols. Well, cocaine's in. a hell of a drug. I don't know if you're aware of it. It really does – I don't know if you're aware of the effects of cocaine, but yeah. it can make you feel that you're able to do things. Deviated capable, septum and capable of doing things that other demigod people uh, uh, would not do and, and would see as clearly wrong. You know, look, all I can say is, um, you know, T.J. Miller is clearly a guy who has a lot of problems. I don't I'm not trying to be sympathetic towards him, mm-hmm. but I will say there is like we, we tend to turn and, and I think there's more to say about this and you want to talk about it, but it's in now in my head. We do tend to turn, and I'm not trying to, again, I'm not defending this guy because he seems like a total fucking turd, but he also probably is a drug addict or like an yeah. alcoholic or something. And again, doesn't excuse his behavior, but there may be a root cause of his behavior that is I mean, actually like- People bring like, up the fact that he had brain surgery at some point and like he okay. had some kind of brain death stroke thing. Wow. Okay. But the like sexual assault was no, you don't. That, you don't, so, you don't yeah. As far as I know, you don't rape somebody because you had uh, like brain surgery. No. I mean, I, that, I don't. Like, if that's a story, it'd be fascinating to understand why, but- as far as I know, that's not a medical situation no. where you're like, oh, yeah, the guy had uh, brain surgery and then and he, nobody, became, a, he like, became a serial raper. I don't understand how You could happened. replace your frontal lobe with just a hunk of cocaine. So just get it up <laughs> there. <laughs> they just put a permanent rock in there. No, but like – but the point is like, you know, we tend to uh, make jokes and we are kind of making jokes about T.J. Miller. And hey, you know what? He's fair game. He's – but, you know, also at the root of this is like he's probably a guy who needs a lot of help and, and Hollywood – and the entertainment industry certainly does not have a real interest in helping people who are in any kind of distress, psychological or otherwise. This guy might be a fucking criminal. Like, I, I, I mean, he clearly is, at least as far as bomb threats are concerned, he's an actual criminal. Yeah. But like, you know, the other stuff, I don't know what all the allegations are, but let's just say that true or not, there's something wrong with this guy and he probably needs help. But also, he's just fucking annoying more than anything. I think is the point yeah. that I'm trying to make. It's like you could look, you might need help, but you could still be annoying. Okay. And I think that, um, well, listen, there's I, a balance. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just want to say that, uh, I don't know. The celebrity world is weird. You know, I look at a guy like Michael Jackson and, and here's a, here's an insanely controversial figure. Um, 
you know, sex controversies, uh, you know, parenting controversies, you know, business controversies. Yeah, but also clearly a very damaged individual with a serious, very serious drug habit and problem that where he was being just enabled by everybody around him and probably enabled in all sorts of ways, right? And it's like, I do think the environment has to be looked at. And I'm not saying, wow, Hollywood, what can we do about it? But I am saying that the environment that 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 we consider, we put celebrities into this sphere of like, well, you're not really a human. You're like this uh, avatar for our hopes and dreams. And your behavior is either excused or enabled or whatever. Like there is like an issue that I think that 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 we we need to rethink like the humanity of also like the wall between celebrity and, and regular person has become increasingly permeable. So it's like like what how, is what's the difference between two hundred thousand followers on Instagram and like you put Instagram stories up like a reality show all day and you make money on those ads and yeah. a reality star and an actress. Like, well, I think we're learning really blurry. Well, I think we're learning that it's increasingly blurry and that blur those blurry lines are creating all kinds of fucked up situations for people. You know, like, again, I'm not going to go to the pathology of the YouTube shooter, which we talked about last week, but there certainly is an interplay there between celebrity and the internet and, you know, a desire for fame and fortune and a frustration without, with, with not getting it and feel, you know, like there's all of this stuff is interconnected. I think, and by the way, this all goes to speaks very, very deeply to like the Facebook stuff that's been going on this week and the kind of generation of people now that exist that feel like some part of their reality should be that they are on display and that they are a public figure and that they are a performer. And that is like, you know, not everybody needs that attention. Not everybody should be in that space. And it's a really hard and dangerous space to be in, I think, for a lot of people. So anyhow, there's just, this is all. I don't know how we're talk, getting this deep on like TJ Miller. Well, but <laughs> and Derek wrote a piece this week on the outline that yeah. about Mariah Carey um, came out as having been diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2001, yeah. around the time when we were all like, Mariah Carey's crazy. Yeah. And um, oh. ends up, be, she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I, you know, it's like, look, yeah. And I think... Um, Look, it, it's like it's hard to feel super sympathetic to people when they've been like a massive celebrity and, and become a millionaire. But I have and, more sympathy for someone who's just rich rather than is like victimizing people with their mental illness. Do you know what I mean? Like with T.J. Miller, I'm like, fuck him. He did a bunch of shitty things to a bunch of people. Certainly. Mariah Carey was like she was giving out ice creams and like taking weird baths on TV. Certainly. I don't remember that part, but certainly T.J. Miller is, is a less um, sympathetic character because he seems like an asshole. Yeah. He seems like he can't control himself. I think Ryan Carey seems like an asshole for oh, the she most definitely, part. I'm sure she's definitely an asshole. But, like, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm like, you know, the, a lot of people have bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. Most of them aren't super fucking rich, super famous yeah. people. And so, like, I'm like, I'm like, that sucks. It does. But it would suck even worse if you were, like, living on food stamps. Sure. So, like, I'm kind of like, I do feel for Mariah Carey, and I do think people are really rude and insensitive and don't understand, like, the realities of mental health. But I'm also like, you know— you can. You definitely have the resources to get the help that you need, so you should. But Anyhow, I feel like I'm not the conversation. Like, no, I just. I feel like the conversation around Britney Spears in 2007, 2008, 2009 to now. Um, I actually think that the way that we learned to treat her better made a lot of us treat people with mental illness better in our own lives. Britney Spears. Yes, and I feel like if we're kind to Mariah Carey at this turn, which I think people have, are being, it might have a ripple effect. I don't want to say like trickle down culture, but I do think like if we have some compassion for Mariah Carey, it's easier to have compassion when someone in your life is like and not stigmatize someone in your life who's like I have bipolar or depression. Right. No, I listen. I do think the uh, 
Again, the Britney thing is like the Michael Jackson thing in many ways, you know. And and by the way, I don't know that Britney Spears's current situation is in, is necessarily a. I mean, it's an improvement in some ways, but it sounds like another another fucked up situation. But like, yeah. you know, there is. I just think there is an enormous amount of 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 enabling that goes on around these people that that people either gloss over their problems or they enable them because it makes them easier to manipulate. Or they're like, as long as they're producing money for everybody around them, like it kind of doesn't matter how they personally feel yeah you know and i think that's a it's a really sad and dangerous place um to be but yeah i mean but i just think it's an industry it's like it's i mean maybe it's an industry problem it may be a human problem which is like once somebody's a celebrity they move into some kind of um status maybe i just did it with mariah i was like well you're rich and famous so why should i care about your bipolar disorder i mean i do care but it's like you should also be able to treat it but also you shouldn't be around people who are enabling your like disorder to not be treated. Yeah. Anyhow, it's just, it's know. a different issue than it is for regular people. All right, let's move on. This topic's starting to bum me out. Let's All right, well, some, on a happier some, note. Let's get some happy news. Because uh, I know we have a bunch. I know you're bopping to the new Drake track. All right, yeah. you have some things to say. <laughs> it's happier news. I'm not, look, bopping to it is not uh, a word I would use to describe what I do to the Drake track, but uh, Nice For What is the title, I believe. And... You know, we can listen to a sample of it. We'll, we'll we're gonna put in. We're gonna right now. We'll we're drop gonna, in a We're little. gonna listen to my favorite part of Nice for a while, which is like uh, about two minutes into it. Jesus, your boy, Watch the breakdown. great song it's like just a good i don't really like drake i'm not mm -hmm. a drake fan i don't dislike you're not a drake's cake i don't dislike drake okay mm -hmm. i don't think he's a bad guy i think he's got some good songs but i like I'm not, degrassi i'm not like a i have no opinion on degrassi but i'm not like oh fucking the new drake fucking holy shit it's happening this is honestly maybe the first drake song where i'm like this is just really fucking good and i want to listen to it over and over again and i think it's probably helped by the fact that it's got a Lauren Hill sample throughout uh, I it. I mean, what wouldn't be? You've got like you're actually adding like um, several layers of great songwriting. And Big Freed is on there. Into the yeah. I mean it's it's a it is a it is a collaborative effort. I actually looked at the list of songwriters on the track on Wikipedia <laughs> I tweeted about it the other night, and it's like twenty total people who like have songwriting credit on it. I mean, that's because they use like a sample. Mm -hmm. There's like a sample in the It's better to credit those people than it really. Yeah, like Marvin Hamlish is credited. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, but like it's a good song. I I don't have a lot to say about it. I just think it's really, it's just, it, to me, it's like probably the first like potential summer jam. I can say that Drake songs are good and that when they're on, I like them, but I feel about him the way I feel about um, a, a lot of things, including everyone's going to flip out on me. Please don't oh at me God. on Twitter. Kanye West, which is like, I don't think this is made for me. So when I see it, I'm like, that's good. But like Breaking Bad, it, I enjoy it, and I think it's of quality. It's just not for me. So Breaking Bad is not for you. No. What What is for I'm, you? I don't think I'm the audience for it. Wh who? So tell me, what's for Ryan? I really enjoy 
Um, I like all of Bravo. I enjoy Drag Race. <laughs> I ha- I really enjoy The Magicians. Mm. I oh, like like, you like Veep. You, you like The Magicians. I love The Magicians. Okay. I like like Veep. I I, I and do you it's like not... any longer dramas? Oh, I love longer dramas. Um, like I'm enjoying The Looming Tower. Has oh, you been like pretty that? Good. I've heard good things about it. It's really good, and I, I there are lots of longer thoughtful dramas I can enjoy. But yeah. it, I just think some stuff's made for me. And some Game of Thrones. Is you Game of Thrones. Oh, I man? love Game of Thrones. Who's your favorite character on Game of Thrones? I, I mean, I I you don't want to say Cersei Lannister because I do think she's the most watchable, but I actually... Cersei, she's the bad guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> she's like the most evil character on the show? Or is she misunderstood? I don't know. No, she's just straight up evil. She's bad. She's just a baddie. She killed her kid, right? Sorry, yeah. spoiler alert. Oh, But wow, Natalie Dormer, I just like her as an actor. Dormer, she's sucks. dead. She's done. No, she's done, but she's... Uh, is she dead? I think she's dead. I don't know. There's so many deaths on that But show. like, I watch Westworld, but I just you know like some Westworld? things aren't made... Aren't, I'm not the audience for in the way that I would love it if you would watch a season of Real Housewives because I could talk to you about it because I think you would have such weird insights. I can't but you're handle, not the audience for it. I can't handle reality TV. I really I yeah, just, you don't like it. It doesn't interest me. Or like Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, is, it's, it's, is truly the darkest, fucked, most <sighs> fucked up thing I've ever seen on television. I just think like reality is. I see enough reality. I'm living in reality. I want. I want something else. I want something. I, what better. I like about it is that it's like a reflection on what we're talking about, which is like I'm kind of a celebrity, but I'm pretending I'm not. But I want you to think of me as one, and it's about like being seen and performance. I enjoy it. Anyway, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, we can we can move on. But I just again, the new Drake track, check it out. You've already heard. It's probably got a billion listens. Yeah, on YouTube everybody's or whatever. heard it. What else is in the news? Um, what else is happening? Uh, we need a, Trump we need a, has a love child, and they raided Michael Cohen's uh, apartment. Okay, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll get to Michael Cohen in a second. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about the love child. Okay. This is all new. This is brand new to me. When did this happen? Uh, earlier today. Today. Yeah. We, we, who's reporting this? So there's a— re- I literally—I'm I'm coming to this—I'm coming to this totally fresh, okay? Mm-hmm. understand I know nothing about it. So the Trump—Trump's former doorman gave an interview to the Washington Post saying that the National Enquirer paid him $30,000 to keep quiet about a tip that he had— that he had um, like an out of wedlock kid um, with like I, uh, presumably not someone he was like in a long term relationship with. When? Um, I mean, he they paid him off right before the election. Wow, he really is pro life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah I <laughs> to follow that was up a, to last week's discussion, I, know, I thought that was all a ruse. He didn't care. I thought he was the king of abortions, but it turns out. Yeah. Wait. So you're telling me uh, this seems flimsy? I mean, the story isn't necessarily the love child thing because we don't know that that's true, even though it's extremely plausible. It. The story is that the National Enquirer has obviously been continuing to pay off anyone with negative stories about Donald Trump. The National Enquirer is fake news. Literally, here's Literally. the fucking hilarious thing. Okay. Wait a second. Trump. Is rejoining TPP? <laughs> this is the word. He's the worst fucking president. I'm sorry. Like, I don't agree with his policies at all, but like, at least have a policy. <laughs> I just at least be a per- person with a policy. Sorry. I, I just looked at the front page of the New York Times to see what information might be about, out there about this uh, Trump love, ch- Trump's love child. I, I, first off, who fucking cares? On, on the one hand, I'm like, there's he's so fucking corrupt him having a child out of wedlock is like the nicest thing he's done <laughs> it's the best thing that he's done in his entire life probably is he's like uh didn't force a woman to have an abortion for him or whatever you know like i, I you know he's a piece of shit the, the 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 person who sits in the highest office in our country is a is a is a he's a walking mound of excrement okay and and nothing he does is good. He's not a nice guy. He's not a good guy. He's a fucking bully and a, and 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 uh, he's a bully and um and a dumbass. 
<laughs> and he's corrupt as hell. Yeah. And there's nothing you there's no amount of arguing that will ever get me to change the those opinions. It's so obvious in all of his dealings. But like, you know, I actually would like to I'm not saying don't we can't focus on all the stuff. And I'm not saying this is the I'm glad we're talking about it, but like 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 I, the Washington Post, I feel like it's not it's it's of course it's a story. Mm-hmm. Of course, and they have to report. You have it. to report on it. But it's fine. Like, I just don't give a shit. I mean, Trump, fuck Trump and his fucking bullshit news all day long. You know, like, like, like what I want to hear about is something real is actually happening. You know, he's put a policy into place that's affecting people. He is, you know, has blown up some kind of relationship that we have with the country or real information about the multiple court cases, multiple, multiple legal battles that he's in and, and, and corruption investigations and collusion investigations. Those are the things I'm, I want to hear material information on. I'm so tired of Trump's like sideshow, you know, Trump's love child, Trump's tweets, Trump, he's mad. He's storming around the white house, angry. It's like, I get it. He's an unstable dipshit who is in a job that he shouldn't have. And he's doing a really poor job and everybody's aware of it. And he feels like a dope. So he acts out. I know that story and I'm tired of that story and I think everybody's fatigued and I think I said this last week I'm not saying tune it out, but I'm saying Trump can be thwarted by votes Nothing will stop Trump But better politicians in offices where they have power to take him out and to stop his policies But you don't think that this kind of like constant chaos and screaming and bullshit is why Paul Ryan was like, all right, I got my tax shit done to do I I think you just said it right there. I think Paul Ryan got the one thing that he's worked his entire career to do, which is give corporations head. Give corporations (laughs) Yeah, that's right. To to service the spirit of one of the fucking worst writers in history. Um to manually service To give her fountainhead. Yeah. (laughs) It's like he got his you know, he made his money and got out of the business. Like uh, when I had my bar mitzvah. I was like, I made my couple grand and I'm getting I did out. that with my Catholic confirmation. I made my couple grand and I'm getting out of the business. That's yeah. what I, I literally said. That. I'm like, I, I'm wore, I wore a shirt to the thing that said, like, uh, for the money. Sorry, I don't want to be a dick, but, you know, like, that's the you get paid. You yeah. do a bar mitzvah and then you don't have to keep You're going. Out. You don't have to keep going to synagogue. Yeah. I mean, once I crossed the line from boy to man, I was all set. Yeah. You know, and you got a nice fat check. Got a big fat check, which I spent on. Check. I spent on some really dumb shit, which my parents <laughs> should not have let me do. Like, I don't know what, I, I bought some, like, Batman figures and, like, comic book. I mean, they let me spend my bar mitzvah money in ways that definitely, like, I, I bought, like, some video games. I think I bought a Neo Geo with the money. <laughs> Neo Geos were, like, $600 and the games were $200 a piece. Sounds I, about right. Though. Yeah, I think I, like, I think they were, like, sure. Yeah. I was, like, really? I'm buying a mm-hmm. fucking Neo Geo console and the this games are the two- Surface Tablet of your youth. Yeah, you know, anyhow. The Neo Geo's great. I still have it and it's fucking, it fucking rips. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, look, do you know anybody else who can turn a conversation about Trump's corruption into a conversation about the Neo Geo? No. That's right. And that's why we're here. <laughs> All right. So Trump has a lot of child, whatever. Fuck his kid. Yeah, I want to I I see him. I want to see Trump. I want to see him uh, impeached. But what about the Michael Cohen of it all? That oh, Michael Cohen. Let's talk about this shit. Now, look, you know, how I know, you know how I know, my, you know how I know Trump is, is, is fucking corrupt? You know? And by the way, the, you, these people like Bannon's out there right now going like, 
they got to fire Rod Rosenstein and fire. It's like it's like it, Steve Bannon was a Roy Moore supporter. Roy Moore is a fucking child rapist. Okay, <laughs> Roy Moore is a, a pedophile rapist. And like that that and and by the way, I don't think that's like a a conspiracy. I think Roy Moore is a piece of shit. Okay, you can. It's pretty clear when people. Yeah, are, what's more likely that they cooked up a fake pedophile conspiracy or that an old no, man? No, all of these conspiracies. It's like the fucking Roseanne shit. It's like what is more? Yeah, Trump, Trump, the fucking pimp slayer. You know, like all yeah. of these this like. Fantasy. I mean, we wrote a story about QAnon, which is this, which is the, which is the, you know, 4chan led, you know, ridiculous Pizzagate on fucking crack. On meth. On, yeah, on that TJ Miller on, shit. Yeah, Pizzagate <laughs> on TJ, whatever TJ Miller is doing, conspiracy about child sex rings. And it's like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. What is, what is, what is the most likely scenario here that, 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 that several senior Democrats, just Democrats are love to fuck kids. Or you're a dipshit who will believe anything, <laughs> and it makes you feel good to hear that people you hate are as bad as you think they are. Yeah. It's like the reality is most people, most politicians aren't fucking kids, okay? Yeah. Roy Moore. Is one. Is the is one that one. is. one. There's a couple of others. <laughs> Mo- look, honestly, most of them are, are seem to be Republicans. I'm sorry, but like it just seems to seems to net out that when yeah, you hear about— Yeah, the ones tapping under the airline, yeah. uh, uh, you know— I mean, I'm, I'm not, not, not going to defend Al Franken, but Al Franken, like, gr- you know, doing a fake grope and a, you know, a poorly, a poorly executed uh, uh, photo bomb, you know, which is offensive. It's bad, but it's not. But it's not comparable. It's not like I had sex with a 16, 15-year-old girl and I prayed on them at a mall so much that I got kicked out of the mall and banned yeah, from like it. I hung out at a high school and I'm I was not, again, I'm not defending Al Franken, although, you know. Look, I mean, we're in a we're in a precarious moment for men, and that you know, it's listen. You got to fucking keep it clean. Got to keep it clean. Keep yourself together. Keep your shit together. But uh, anyhow, the point is, it's not difficult. I do it every was, day. Yeah, I don't. Ra- I don't rape people know, every day. I didn't rape anybody today. I just didn't do it. <laughs> it really wasn't hard. Super. Here's a super simple. Here's a toolkit for guys if you're out in the world and you're trying to figure out how to navigate. If you're like, I should rape someone, just don't do it. And then see a doctor about that thought, and you'll you should, it's a good start. Tony to Robbins was caught, or like caught. He was mm-hmm. saying it in a giant conference. He was like, uh, you know, it's unfair to have an extremely attractive wor- woman around your office and then penalize men for falling into that trap. It's like, mm. um, really? a if, trap. If, if you being an pr- uh, attractive so, woman is a trap. I like that. If frame you feel it. like it's only a matter of time until you rape someone, go to a doctor. You are seriously fucked up. It's insane because I was, I was, uh, Laura and I were talking about this the other day. And oh, I was talking about the purge. Can we talk about the purge for a second? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're gonna segue into the purge. Sure. Wait, I had a point that I was making about what was I talking about? Oh, oh, and the by the way, I was groped earlier this week, so I get to talk about this topic. By really? the way, oh, I want to hear. I want to well, hear. This. I don't talk about. But. So, 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 so uh, the, anyhow, the QAnon conspiracy, which is like, uh, uh, yeah, all the Democrats are in a child sex ring. It's like, yeah. listen, guys, whatever you want to be true, just simply isn't. Like, mm-hmm. it feels good to to imagine a world where there's like. Uh, uh, this horrendous evil, and it happens to be all the Democrats. But the reality is, like, the Republicans have proven, really, time and time again, um, to be the party of corruption, the party of of uh, um, a lack of appreciation for women and children, uh, for people of color, for for the uh, uh, you know LGBTQ uh, 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 community, and poor like people. poor people. And look, there are people. Look, I'm not saying Democrats are perfect. They're not. Bill Clinton definitely had an extremely fucking inappropriate sexual relationship with a with a woman who worked for him in a very and who you was know, way too young for him, not a, a child, a, but a, like still not a great situation. Well, I mean, if he was single and she was single, they didn't work together, and they started. Know. Dating. Anyone that's dating a 22-year-old I, I intern. Know. I'm not. Uh, no. Your intern 
he was married. He's the yeah. president. There's a million reasons why it's bad. Not so. I'm not trying to like wash away. There's plenty of bad Democrats. There are, but the reality is like like taken as a whole, just looking at the whole spectrum of activity and behavior. You know, it's not. Trump is not a fucking defender of 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 human rights and freedom. He's no. a violator. He's a violator. The man has a list on his Wikipedia page that's like twenty fucking deep of women who've accused him of sexual assault or harassment. He has he has a history of he has a recorded history. You can hear the fucking tapes of him talking. Which, by the about, way, he's been saying in private company aren't real lately. Yeah. I mean, he's got fucking dementia, saying, but he's like a fuck. He's a scumbag, and the people he surrounds himself are scumbags. And so, like, and so the fact is, like, like this cons- these conspiracy theories are so they're so. Insane. Insane and so out there, and it's like it truly is. The world has it seems to have gone mad in some way, and I do think it is. It is, you know, it is the internet. We should not be exposed to every possible idea. I think we should have access to ideas, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't be necessarily uh, assaulted by the ideas. And I think that the internet has we've, we've created a, a a way of speaking on the internet, which like lets people be essentially like assaulted by ideas. Mm-hmm. Like Twitter is a place, or Facebook is a place where ideas like takes where ideas. No, they're not even ideas. They're like half thought through takes. But they're but takes or propaganda or whatever they are, but they don't it's not like you come to them out of discovery. Yeah. They come to you algorithmically as a as a <laughs> yeah. as a dominating presence in a feed. Built by very feeble people. Somebody's like and somebody's like somebody's like, this is your news feed. They call it the news feed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here's the important story of the day. Child sex ring led by Hillary Clinton and and uh whoever the fuck else it is. I don't know. You know, it's like it's like we have we have ruined the way people get information mm-hmm. because it's a good ad product for fucking Facebook and for Twitter you know? and for it's and for wild. it is wild like and it's like I'll say Google's culpable but not in the same way not even Go- close Google's idea for the most part is you need something and we're going to try to help you get it and they fuck that up all the time but you know what they just put out that YouTube Kids app where they're like we have editors well, it's like well that's, yeah, that's a start they haven't for a long but that, time but as that, a person what I'm who's actually is, seen I've the, heard the, the, you say yeah, it okay. but I'm saying it, that at least is like a, a start. yeah this is a start. Like, mm. oops. I'm not but giving, here, oh, we I'm have to Google. talk about the Zuck te- te- not, testimony. Yeah, we but do, hearing we him talk about the kids' messenger product was the most fucking disgusting thing I've ever heard. Where he's like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get a new account when you grow up. <laughs> it's like, here's the thing. What? Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Facebook isn't – Facebook is not – it's not like a uh, – in the Bible, oh yeah, in the, in the in the fourth part of the Bible, they talk about how we'll have a global communication system where we connect everybody, and they're connected and it's exposed. inevitable. It's like I'm not saying that it's being exposed to people. Look, I like the being in a city. I love being in like around people in New York City, different people, people with different opinions, people with different ways of living, people with different backgrounds. Like that's wonderful. That's good. But it's also like it's also like I have to viscerally be in a in a in a in a space with other humans. Like you know. Yeah. There are, there are there are just like uh uh there are rules of etiquette and behavior that people accept don't accept in in society like you can't just fucking start screaming at somebody in public you'll yeah. get arrested like you will be somebody will like call the police and that police will put you in a car you know like you can't just do whatever you want yeah the internet is like basically when it comes to ideas images video audio um uh, how, how you get them where you get them you basically got that's wonderful you can do whatever you want but the systems that have been crafted to deliver information and in, in, in spark conversation are systems that assault you with an algorithmic uh assumption about who you are and what you want for the purpose of advertising and like that system 
is fucking broken. And the idea that we are living in a society where we're like, well, Facebook now exists and it just must. No, it mustn't exist. It doesn't have like, to Like targeted exist. advertising is not something we have to accept as- That's right. Like, That's right. I, by the way, I like ads. I like good ads. But, but ads like, worked fine 20 years right, ago. But, but, but You didn't need to know what I ate for lunch but, but to that's serve right. me a car ad. But that's right. And, and, you know, Paris Martineau wrote something about this where she was being served all these ads on Instagram for, like, depression. And, and you know, it's like, listen, um, based on her browsing habits, right? It's like uh, we don't – I don't think people want that. And I don't, no. think, people, and I don't think people need it. I actually the don't o- think it helps at the all. Only, the only fucking people who need it are marketers yeah. and Facebook. Okay. People who want to sell weird Etsy shop shit to like a T-shirt that says I'm a Gemini. I mean, perfectly, to be perfectly it. honest, like to be perfectly honest, like like Google does a thing that I think is is actually makes some sense. I mean, Facebook does this too, but 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 like if I if I'm shopping on on a, on Target, and they give me a Target ad, like I understand what happened. I'm like, oh, I was on Target, and they're like, hey, you were shopping for some stuff on Target. Do you want it? Amazon does this shit to me all the time? Yeah, they're like, we noticed you were looking at some items. Yeah. Do you want to buy those items? That makes that's pretty. That's kind of like because logical. that's what a store attendant would do. If that's you're logical. standing in the diaper section, but, but, they say, "Sir, do you need some help? Are you looking for diapers but today?" Here's, here's what I think. This is what I think most people would say they don't want. You are talking to a friend. You are um, looking for. Uh, you've got a rash, and you're looking for some creams. You're talking to a friend about your rash. You. Um, look at some, you go into some groups, some, uh, uh, you know, hypochondriac groups on Facebook to see if you're being a hypochondriac or not about your rash. And then you get an ad for like a mental health service for people who are dealing with hypochondria. I don't think that's what most people want. No. I don't think they want to have a fucking algorithm make no. an assumption about who they are and what they want and then try to make a suggestion to them so, they can, that so they can, so they can spend money. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, if you, there is a line, there is a line. It's like. You sh- there's got to be a way to establish the line. And I think Facebook is going to learn really hard and fast. And frankly, like, I think Google, there's, there are places, like, I'm not defending Google. I think that they have done this in a more trustworthy way and in a way that feels less like you're being taken advantage exploited. of at every turn and exploited. I'm not saying they don't exploit you. They do. But, like, look, I get ads in my, G- I get ads in my Gmail, and then I, I don't look at the ads, and I move on with my life. Yeah. It's not, like, in the middle of, you know, a message to me about, like, my daughter's school Somebody's like, try a different school in your area. You know, it's like, that's basically Facebook, you know? And anyhow, so we should talk about, and then speaking of my daughter, I want to get Zelda in here to talk to her a little yeah. bit. Because <laughs> she's in the office and it's a rare opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, what was the thing you said you wanted to, oh, the Trump stuff. Well, or no, the, uh, sorry, the, the Mark Zuckerberg stuff. Yeah, before we do that, yeah. um, like like you were saying, like that exists in the real world. Right. Like t- I, I was on the subway two days ago and... A guy who was homeless and obviously mentally ill, like, groped me and started yelling at me for, mm. I guess, I, I think it was for attention or for, like, a reaction to, yeah. like, be seen. Yeah. And people, like, didn't stand for it. They were freaking out yeah. and, and made him get off the train and yeah. asked me if I was okay yeah. and rode with me home. And um, I've gotten death threats on Twitter and no friend has ever stepped in or, like, been yeah. like, I'm really sorry that there's, happened. It's just accepted that this, we're going to get this idea, violence this idea. And, on and, the internet. And what's what's really what's really troubling is and you see you know you mainly see people on the right doing this where they're like you know the richard spencers of the world and people are like well they should be able to speak their mind and you know, even if you disagree and this is and it's like it's like no no if, i mean if you're if you're a, a nazi and you believe that black people should be wiped out or or sent away and jewish people should be in fucking concentration camps i don't I'm not going to, I don't have to fucking listen to what you have to say. What you're saying is 
violent, hateful, and useless. Well, that's and, the Reddit and, CEO and this week just said, like, he's against violence but not racism, as if that's not violence. Yeah, I mean, look, look, discrimination. I mean, there's like, look, you can be, look, you can, personally, if you're like, I don't like black people, I don't want to be around them. It's like, well, okay. Like, listen, I I disagree with that. You're you're a racist. But like, live your life. But if you go in public screaming, I hate black people all the time, yeah. you're inciting but, violence. But it's like, it's like, it's like, I, I don't, this is not a useful opinion. No, to it to, to to anybody who is we don't need to any, no, to any frankly to most rational human beings, fearing or not liking someone because of the tone of their skin, mm-hmm. which is truly like what we're actually talking about. Yeah. Like you and I are like have different skin tones. We're like literally talking about difference in skin tones. Like I understand there's all this other cultural stuff. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, like you don't know somebody's background when you see no. them. You don't know where they're from, what they do, how they it are. It literally tells you nothing. So anyhow, so it really Except is about you having a, treated it's like. about you having this kind of like set of beliefs about a skin tone that you see. Mm-hmm. Like literally that, you know, or like a piece of clothing or something. It's like so fucking infantile and and stupid. Honestly, it's just an animal. It's an animal thing that like we haven't. Yeah, I get it's it. It's just part of our well, animal look, I mean, it's learned. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, it's funny. I mean, we were talking about Zelda, but, you know, um, she loves Annie, you know, mm-hmm. and uh in Annie, the movie, the original one from the 80s that she's seen, you know, um, Daddy Warbucks is is played by, uh, what is his name? Can't think of the actor's name. But he's bald. Daddy Warbucks is always bald. And, uh, you know, like a few, like like last year, I think, like uh, in the parking lot of her school, she saw like one of the dads came to pick up uh, one of her schoolmates. And he's a, a person of color, dark-skinned guy mm-hmm. who's bald. And she's like, oh, it's Daddy Warbucks, you know? And she's not, like, making a distinction between that. There's no, like, judgment or thought about this color of that person's skin. She's, like, she's a bald guy. Yeah. You know? And I think that um, it's, like, that you got to learn. You know, anyhow, everybody knows racism is learned. It's learned. Yeah. It's not, you know, you're not born being racist. But the point is, it's a fucking useless, like, it's a bad opinion. It's a useless opinion. Like, I don't need to, if I'm the Reddit CEO, you know, my reaction is, no, I'd like to ban as much racism on this platform as possible. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think everybody should just say everything like, let's they do think. What we can. But this is what I'm saying about this information assaulting you. I don't think everybody should just be in every on every platform be able to say whatever they think. Here's the way to think about the internet as far as I'm concerned. The internet is a free speech platform, the internet. You can put whatever website you want on the internet. You can build whatever you want on the internet. We built the outline on the internet. The outline, I get to say whatever I want on the outline because it's mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the editors here they get to say what they want because they are at the outline and this is their job to do that right the outline could have been a ne- pro neo-nazi news site and we'd be allowed to do that mm-hmm. now maybe some people wouldn't want to host us and maybe uh, if we put something on uh, you know if we try to put something on Twitter we may get banned because it's racist or whatever but like we have our platform on the which open is the outline dot which is the outline dot com to say whatever we want right like and that that's the free speech part of the internet yeah okay that's the free speech part F- Facebook's idea that they're in charge of free speech we are the internet is wrong yeah Twitter's idea that they're in charge of free speech is wrong but it, suddenly they're suddenly they're they're they, it, <laughs> suddenly Facebook is like I'm super pro free speech except not nipples. Yeah. Like, well, no, you've made a judgment birth, call. Or childbirth. So you're or, not making a judgment call on racism. I mean, th- th- there's a hundred things. Listen, when you run a business, there's a hundred things. You, by the way, to my point about the outline, the outline is not a pro-neo-Nazi website, obviously. It is a violently yet, yet. anti violently <laughs> anti-neo-Nazi website, amongst other things. Yeah. And that's my fucking prerogative, because mm-hmm. this is the business that I run. And so if you're Jack, or you're Mark Zuckerberg, or you're the fucking get dickhead from Reddit, 
What is his name? Let's say his name is something like Steve uh, Huffman. If you're Steve Huffman, what you should say is, listen, I abhor racism. And if you came, if you come to Reddit to be racist, I don't want your business. And if we see people who are using hate speech uh, on the platform, then we'll ban them. And it's as simple as that. Done. And and we'll make some rules about what we consider hate speech. And those will probably be in line with like laws in many countries about hate speech and laws in America about hate speech. And that's what we're going to do. And guess what? You want to start your own Reddit? Hate speech filled Reddit? Start Buy some it. servers. Fucking go for it. Yeah. That's why the internet exists. Like you can do whatever you want. Just like you can write a book about how sucky Jewish people are. You can write Mein Kampf. But bookstores, fucking Barnes and Noble doesn't have to sell your fucking book. Yeah. You know, it's super simple. And I don't know why people don't get this. I've talked about yeah. this a million times. All right. Anyhow, we should move right, on. We should just touch <laughs> on Michael Cohen. So you, we were actually to get back to the before we break his Zelda in on this very this, this <laughs> sea of, of fun stuff we've been talking about. Uh, we were talking <laughs> Wave about Mike, of lava. <laughs> you brought up Michael Cohen. And I was saying like, oh, well, you know, I know Trump is corrupt. It's like, look, <laughs> you know. They raided his lawyer's office, his lawyer's hotel room where he lives. No judgments, but, you know, I think we should investigate that a little bit. Just think about that. And his house. The only people I know who live in hotel rooms are reality stars who are going to rehab. The bad people. They're not bad people. They're bad. Rock those, stars those going to rehab. People at rehab, yeah, and 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 people who have something to hide. Yeah. Like, you, oh, you live in a hotel? Like, that's a, like Don Draper lived in a hotel when after, you know, he was caught cheating on his wife in Mad Men. I mean, what's, what is Michael Cohen up to? Um, yeah, I don't want to blow your mind, but nobody, you're not uh, Eloise, you're Michael yeah, Cohen. So, just, <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, look, you know, several senior, like judges and 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 uh, uh, law enforcement officials looked at Trans- traditionally conservative. These are all people, Republicans. A bunch of these people are all they're fucking Republicans. The, uh, Mueller is a Republican. Yeah, he's a Republican. He's on the right wing. Okay, of the party. Anyhow, there's like up and down the line. You look at the list of people who had to sign off on this document saying, yeah, we think there's been some criminal activity and we need to get these documents before they're destroyed. You know, that shit doesn't happen by accident. And you can have Devin Nunes talk about his deep state conspiracy theory, just like the QAnon people can talk about their conspiracy theory all you want. But but the real most likely scenario here is you're these are people are corrupt. They're bad people and they're doing bad things. And it is so transparent to me. I'm sorry. When you're an innocent man, if you're Donald Trump and you're just an innocent guy and guilty of no wrongdoing, you don't react in the way that he's been reacting to these to what people are saying about him. What you do is say, you know, if you have nothing to hide in your tax returns, you release them if you're the presidential candidate. He has something to hide in his tax returns. That's why we've yeah. never seen them, okay? He has something to hide or he would have shown them. Uh, and I don't, care what, I don't care what anybody says about that. If he really believes he's innocent of wrongdoing, then he should be able to show us his tax returns. You don't say over and over again, this is a witch hunt, this is a witch hunt, this is a witch hunt. You don't say no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. You say, look, I'm an innocent man. I'm not going to waste time responding to yeah, this. Yeah, let one. me totally open myself gonna, up to I'm investigation. I'm not going to spend time on Twitter yelling about this like a crazy person. I'm open and ready to meet yeah, go for uh, it. to meet Mueller and his team at any point. If Bob, Bob Mueller answer, wanted to in- investigate me, yeah. go right ahead. If, if, if anybody, I didn't do anything. If the FBI wanted to investigate me, right now, of course I'd be mm-hmm. nervous. I'd be like, this is crazy. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know what they want. But I'd be like, whatever you guys want, sure. I'm happy to help. Because I don't believe I've done anything wrong. And I don't, as far as I know, everything I've been done is on the up and up. And if there's anything there, we'll deal with it. But like, you yeah. know, it's like if you're an innocent person, you go, look, I didn't do this. Yeah. And I want to help you figure that out. And I'll give you access to what you need access to. My guess is 
If not the specific thing that the FBI thinks he did is the thing, there's probably a thousand other things that Donald Trump well, did. It's like if there's smoke, there's fire. And I get the argument of like, if How I'm about walking if there's fire? Down, what if there's fire? If I'm walking down the street and I just get a whiff of smoke, it's like mm, maybe someone was uh, walking by with charcoal. We're in a room where people are dying from yeah. smoke inhalation. If, we have to admit that there's a fire. What if, what if, what if it's not just there's smoke, but they're literally. What if an, you're on fire? There's a little like a house full of people and all of them are burning up right now. Oh, we're and that the, little dog, aren't we? Oh, my God. It's just insane. We're it's that like, little this is fine dog. I just feel like we're living in this weird thing where it's like, you know, because the media exists the way it does and because like, uh, you know, frankly, social media exists the way it does. It's like people can shout down reality. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you're just shouting down like what is obviously true. Like this to me is not. This like, is why I love reality TV. I don't have to. <laughs> don't get me. I don't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Here to, like, like, look, I don't know all of what Donald Trump did. I don't even know exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. But he did something. Just, I, I just know. Okay, yeah. he did something. Yeah. Like, I, first off, by the way, I don't think you're a real estate person in New York. I would be. You could probably pull any, you know, billionaire real estate developer in New York. I'm sorry. Pull a rich person off the street yeah. of New York, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're going to find at you least coke. Pull, you get, but yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying. Let's just let's just broaden it out. Yeah. My guess is any billionaire real estate developer in New York. Probably fucking broke the law. Like yeah. I, I bet if yeah. you look into it, I've broken the law in minor something. ways. And if I was a billionaire, I probably would have some bigger ways that okay, I've broken the law. I don't know. I've, I'm a law-abiding citizen, and I <laughs> love, I respect all law enforcement and all laws. So I don't know what to say about that. All right, we should bring Zelda in real quick. Yeah, let's lighten for a let's chat. Lighten the mood. So, so let me explain. Zelda has been wanting to come to our office for a while. We have a new beautiful office uh, in uh, in New York, and uh, and we're finally getting it kind of set up. I think Winton should took you over to see the conference room carpet. Mm-hmm. Is that what you guys were looking at? Oh no, the chairs, the no. light. I think you guys were looking at the conference room for some reason. Oh, we. I walked by and said that looks really important because it was all fancy and you were having a very serious meeting. That's me. All and day. I was like, hmm, I should interrupt this with my um, with my T.J. Miller joke. Definitely not. <laughs> Have you heard about T.J. Miller? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyhow, so, so so I said Zelda come to the office today, and so she's here. And then I realized like. I don't, as far as I know, I mean, we have recordings of Zelda, but like, she's never been on the podcast. She mm-hmm. definitely has never been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I thought we should get her in here to talk about, I don't know what, just her experience, maybe. What's, what's happening? So what's what's going happening? On in Zelda so, world? so that's what we're doing. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to bring her in here. Yeah. Uh, and chat with Zelda. And then, and then we're going to be, we're going to talk to Brianna Wu about uh, probably more of this, the depressing state of politics and the world. So, so stick around. Can you say your um, can you Zelda say your full Dunaposky. name? Okay, we're gonna do an interview. Okay, do you know what an interview is? Nope. Okay, an interview is when a person talks to another person and asks them a bunch of questions. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna ask you questions. All right. Okay. Okay. So where are you today? Where are you right now? Um, at the office. Yeah. What what office? Your office. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what have you been doing here all day? Um, I've been. Seen people. Okay, but like people who work in the office. Yes. Okay, so who have you seen? Give me, give me, give me some idea of people you've seen and talked to. Katie. Okay. What do you think about Katie? Good. Yeah, she's pretty good. Okay. And baby. Yeah. Oh, baby's a baby's a dog, right? Yeah. And what do you think about baby? 
good. So what, yeah. does baby, what does baby look like? She's a dog, but she has whiskers like a cat. Okay. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. Who else have you met in the office? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Elias? Yeah. Yeah. Leah? Did you Leah. meet Leah? Yeah. yeah. What about what about Casey? Yeah. Okay. Are you getting close to the microphone? Uh-huh. Okay, good. So what do you like best about being at the outline Well, office? I love seeing baby. Yeah, yeah. you like the, the dog the best? Uh-huh. What do you think about baby compared to Penny? Do you think is baby, I like both. You like both? Uh-huh. Equally? Um, all right. So what else so so what else have you done in the office? Anything else? Well, well, um, I have done a lot of things. Tell me about them. Well, well, um. Did you do any drawing? No. <laughs> have you done, did you write any, did you write any stories? No. Okay. Have you, did you, um, work on any reporting with any of the people here? Well, it's hard to compare, but I was doing a mermaid. You re- Oh, you did your mermaid impersonation? Uh-huh. Who did you do it for? Uh, uh, like earlier. Yeah. And you were there after the last pants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. And so, what's the what's on? What is your plan for the rest of the day? Well, um, I don't know, but really, it's I'm thinking. Yeah. Do you like the office? Yeah. Would you like to stay here? No. <laughs> you don't want to stay here permanently. Okay. You do forever? No, I not mean forever. A little more. A little bit more, and then you, Mom, you're going to go home? And you! Well, yeah, but I'm going to go home a little bit later because uh, I have to stay and do meetings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk really quickly about you a little mm. bit, okay? What would you say your favorite hobby is? Do you know what a hobby is? No. A hobby is like a thing that you like to do for fun. Well, go to your work. That's your favorite thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> really? What about what about ballet? I do love to go to ballet and see baby. What about performances? Performances, you like, too. You like to do performances? Yeah. What's the song that you've been dancing to recently that you really like? That's Not My Name. Do you know who that's by? What's the band that, that does That's Not My Name? Uh, nope. The Ting Tings. Yeah, yeah. the Ting Tings. Well, what's that other song that you like, the Diet Sig song? Uh, that's not... Uh, I Just Want to Dance? Yeah, I, that's not what I... <laughs> no, that's the Ting Ting song, right? You also like the Diet Sig song. All right, let's quickly talk about PJ Masks, okay? Okay. Tell me about PJ Masks for a second. Like, what is that all about? Well, uh, for this chance, I know... <laughs> well, I got PJ Masks toys and PJ Masks costumes. Yeah, that's a cartoon you watch? That's, I know, it's really <laughs> more... Right. I'm listening. Apples. Yeah. What about apples? Uh, you see apples on these computers? No. Okay. All right. So let's see. Do you think you'd like to come back to the office at some point? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what we do here at the office? Do you know no. what everybody, do you know everybody's working on? No. You don't have any idea at all. I don't know. You don't know what they're working uh-uh. on. Uh uh-uh. Well, take a guess. What do you think that everybody's doing at their computer? Working. Yeah. What kind of work though? Uh, podcasting. They're podcasting. <laughs> Well, we're podcasting right now. Do you know what? Do you know what I do every day? Like, do you know why I'm work? I'm, yeah. Do you know what kind of work that I do? Nope. I tell stories. I make stories that we put onto onto like iComputers and phones, like about the news. Do you know what the news is? Nope. The news is like what's going on in the world. 
Like, you know, it's when the president does something. Yeah. Do you know who the president is right now? Nope. Okay. You? <laughs> I wish. Anyhow, so we tell we tell stories about the news. Okay. Yeah. Does that seem interesting to you? Yeah. It does? Okay. All right, we can finish up. Anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners? Uh, well, I love you. Okay. I love you, too. I love mommy. I yeah. love the whole family. Yeah. Penny? And I love baby. Yeah. You really like baby, huh? Uh-huh. Is baby playing with you nicely? Well, I kind of know that when earlier she had that, I knew that she wanted water, so I just... You gave her water? No, but her owner gave her water, but I told her that I, she needed water, so I... Oh, you did? Her <laughs> owner Her owner is Leah. Yeah, Leah. What do you think about Leah? Is she any good? Good. Yeah, you like her? Okay. When I was watching Akam, mm, we took a photo. You and Leah? Yeah, and Baby. Really? She was not looking at her. She's like, looking everywhere at Leah. Baby was? Yeah, Leah. Did you, did you, is there anybody at the office that you don't like? No. You like everybody here? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, you ready to go back and see mommy? You, um, is this, are, sure. Are you done with this interview? Yeah. Okay. Well, you did a really good job, Zelda. Thank you for being here and telling me about your experience at the office. I really appreciate it. Okay. Do you have any message to the people who are listening to this? Anything you'd like to tell them before you go? No. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Zelda. You can go. Okay. Okay, bye. You got to take your headphones off. <laughs> My guest today is a really incredible thinker um, and and a super sharp uh, commentator on what is happening right now in the world. And and as of uh, very recently, a a candidate for Congress in Massachusetts. I'm talking about Brianna Wu. Brianna, thank you for being here. It's always such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. Listen, this is such a good time because we we've got we're we are in the midst of. Um, a week where politics and technology have never been more in the spotlight, I feel yeah. like, yeah. Um, yeah. With, with the Zuckerberg hearing that's been happening in, um, in D.C. And, and uh, you know, a lot of your platform is concerned with this intersection of, of um, you know, the way we think about, the way we regulate, the way we talk about technology as it relates to the political landscape. And I'm curious, like, what is your... You know, obviously, there's a lot to unpack in, yeah. in what Zuckerberg has been saying. But do you have a a takeaway as you listen to these senators? Um, you know, I'd say grill, but I don't know that <laughs> grill is necessarily the right term. But as you listen to this conversation and you listen to Zuckerberg's responses, like, what are you thinking about this, especially as a person who's been, um, you know, when you talk about privacy and you talk about, you know, online harassment, things like that, a person who's been in the crosshairs of that you know, right. what, what is your what are you thinking as you as you're hearing Zuckerberg sort of defend Facebook's um, position? Well, I mean, Outline has written about these issues like day in, day out. And I mean, I have to say a lot of us feel vindicated, like a lot of technologists and people concerned with privacy. We've been telling people this was going to happen from the top of our lungs for years now. And here it finally is. So on one hand, I feel um, I feel very happy that the rest of the world is finally paying attention after the Cambridge Analytica scandal. But it's sad that it got us to this point. And I think this, what has really bothered me about Congress is there's no shortage of politicians pontificating about this. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like they're still missing the core issue, which is when you mix micro-targeting with no regulation whatsoever, it is like hitting the Constitution with a Molotov cocktail. Like hmm. democracy just cannot survive in that environment. And and, and you're th on that topic, you feel that way because using micro-targeting, using all this kind of like ambient data, direct yeah. and ambient data, is it is it just that you're able to manipulate an audience with such specificity? Is that where you feel like the 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 danger is? So let me give you an example. Like I feel like micro-targeting in itself, like most things the tech industry does, is not inherently evil. Uh, for us, you know, we are currently raising about $2,500 a day right now, and a lot of that is by finding people that care about net neutrality, and we micro-target them with ads on Twitter and Facebook, and we're like, hey, we are uh, running a campaign, and we want to make this better. I don't think anyone would argue that that's not a net positive to get that kind of right. very you, segmented market out you there. identify somebody who clearly is is behind a cause and you say yeah. hey we understand you're behind this cause would you like to support a of candidate course. who's fighting for you for this exactly uh, this issue right that is very positive but i think if you look at the you know the cambridge analytica stuff they were like getting very specific voters and they were targeting them and saying we have to win this county by this many votes and they're just deluging them with misinformation and the most racist things you could possibly imagine and you know it's we've been here before in this country like with the passing of the alien and sedition acts it was because you know they were basically writing anything about people running for office it wasn't true uh and you've got the uh you know the era of yellow journalism between pulitzer and hertz so you know this isn't the first time we've found a technology and then we've gone oh, wow, this has some uh, consequences for our democracy we haven't really thought about. What is new is the fact that all three branches of our government seem to be mostly broken right now. And without a lot of action on our part, it's not going to get better. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that I, I keep coming back to and thinking about with this situation. And with, with, with so much of what's happening in regulation with technology, I mean, net neutrality is the obvious one, right? Oh, where, yeah. where you, you know, I keep saying this. I, I mean, I literally was on a rant about it earlier in the show where I was saying, um, you know, we, voting is the, the tool that we have to change the policies and the politicians that we feel are wrecking our country and wrecking, in some ways, wrecking the future for us, right? And yeah. I really feel like, you know, it's interesting, but there is such a gulf in, in and obviously this is like, you know, I'm saying this because there is no gulf for you, but there's such a gulf with, with politicians uh, and their understanding of what technology is and does. And you hear some of these questions. You know, I, I kind of feel bad, like the jokes on Twitter the last couple of days. Everybody's <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's like a senator. Oh, it's, you know, it's the 85-year-old senator. And he's like, everybody's like, the joke is, uh, um, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, how do I set my VCR? But right. like, the truth <laughs> is, like, you are kind of listening to these people and you're like, wait a second. Like, it's not just that you don't know what Facebook is and does. Like, you kind of don't understand how the internet works at all you know but yeah and but i think this is where i think the public has a little bit of a gulf in understanding here and it's how bills actually get passed um if you asked me right now to tell you what double derivative swap was i could kind of do it but not super well 
Because what we found in is in passing legislation, it's a good idea to get people with specialized backgrounds onto certain subcommittees. Here in Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, who is an expert in like banking corruption, serves on that committee in the Senate. Right. That's a good thing. She has political expertise there. So for me, I'm less worried about the fact that, you know, uh, XYZ senator doesn't understand that Facebook sells ads to make money. Yeah. What I'm concerned about is the technology subcommittee in the House and the technology subcommittee in the Senate. So I'm running for the House. There are 15 people there. We need eight votes, just eight people that understand these issues enough to regulate it responsibly. And then that gets rolled into larger bills that Congress is passing. So right. I think it's less useful to like blast all of Congress. That's fine. I don't expect them to get it all. You don't off. think they deserve it, really? Yeah, well, I, I do to a point. But I, I would say this. I think if you are serving on the technology subcommittee, I don't think you should be taking money from AT&T, Verizon, and Comcast. I think it's a conflict of interest, and I think you can go there and look at who is donating that money right now and right. getting those votes. Right. I think that's a very clear conflict of interest. So what I would really urge people to do is we need better people serving on those subcommittees. I don't know what the answer – like I've had conversations with women VCs from Silicon Valley this week. They're going, you know, um, I'm thinking about starting a political action committee to support candidates that believe in net neutrality and privacy and encryption and run this in Silicon Valley and can't support candidates like you. I think that's the answer. Like yeah. we've got to fund candidates that are going to have better policy because right. without that, AT&T and Verizon and Comcast are going to win. Well, I mean, that it's obvious that we have a there is a um, a need for a new way of thinking when it comes to our kind of the political landscape. I mean, I think that we've what we've established pretty clearly is that certainly, you know, let's say fresh blood is good right now yeah. because um, new blood is good because we got you know a extremely broken right wing of this yeah. uh, you know the, the 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 political party that used to be known as the Republican party i don't know what it is now i'm not yeah. saying it was ever good because i don't think it was <laughs> but the state that they're in is 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 corrupt and and ugly and and i mean i don't like to call things good or evil but like seems pretty fucking evil right now and on the flip side you've got the democrats which are like you know the core of the democrats message i've never disagreed with the kind of most of the core Democrat, uh, democratic sort of message, which I think is, is, uh, you know, leans towards progressivism, leans towards liberalism, you know, like there are all of these things that are good about it, but it does feel like we have atrophied a little bit. That party is atrophied in its understanding and read of like the needs of, of its electorate. Right. And I, and I the couldn't electorate agree more. I see I, it every single day on the campaign trail. I, yeah. I think people correctly don't feel like the Democratic Party serves them. I think they feel like it's a machine that serves them their reelection to a large degree. Yeah, and I think that, and I think that, so, so that, so back, you know, sort of talking about the jokes of of these uh, of of the uh, senators during this hearing, it's like the reality is that all of them looks in some in some way, or many of them look in some way very out of touch. I think. I think it's interesting the subcommittee is sort of thinking I mean from you it's interesting because I don't tend to consider subcommittees when I'm making my vote right like I'm not like well oh, they yeah. could serve on a subcommittee right. you know you just go well I like this candidate I like what they stand for I agree with their policies and so they seem like the right person for the job 
Um, But that's interesting perspective because it actually, you're saying it's not just about like, hey, I got elected, now I can pass laws. You're saying, hey, I got elected, now I can go and uh, retool some of these these pockets of influence that actually aren't the law necessarily the law makers right that that the subcommittee doesn't say this is what the law is going to be we we you know they say this is what it should be and then it has to be agreed upon right right then it gets rolled into larger bills yeah. let me give you a good example I mean, if you go read the page on the house technology subcommittee and everything they have jurisdiction over it will blow your mind because it's everything geeks care about, from patents to communication standards. And you look at this and you're like, oh, so the House has uh, complete control. This subcommittee has complete control over uh, technology communication standards. Huh, I wonder if we could write a bill and try to get it out there that would mandate like encryption standards as right. part of how social media has to like create that data format. Like it's definitely getting into what the commerce subcommittee does. But I think like if you get there and you have people that are pushing these issues, I do think we can move the ball forward. So when it comes to like technology regulation, you're I mean, you're basically saying you can if you've got people who know what they're talking about, you can actually build uh I mean, oh, this makes sense, but you can build laws that regulate companies like Facebook that kind of put like intelligent, modern technology uh, demands into the product itself. Like you're basically Absolutely. saying like, like, hey, it's strong encryption is good. And here's the here's the 10 reasons why. And so we bake it into this bill when we go and regulate if if and when the time comes that people are like, hey, wait, let's actually regulate Facebook. Um, let's make encryption a part of, you know, a particularly strong type of encryption, a part of their of their uh, uh, must haves. That's not going to happen if we don't have people who actually understand what encryption is on that subcommittee, right? That's dead on. They're going to get their marching orders from uh, Verizon. I think the last time I was on, I was uh, critiquing Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, who was on the tech subcommittee last year. You know, She was uh, talking about uh, the Mirai botnet, which crashed uh, a lot of the internet on our coast uh, two years ago, and was blaming it on um, basically internet piracy. <laughs> so she right. was blaming a botnet right. on internet piracy. And, you know, we're basically making fun of her. If you look at the amount of money she got from Comcast and Verizon, it was a joke. It was like $40,000 to get those marching orders. And, yeah, I'm sorry to say this is a woman with a home economics degree from Mississippi State and a background in business. She just – you know, you can self-teach your thing yourself these things. But listen to her comment. She clearly did not belong on that committee. So – you know, the average congressional race is $1.7 million. Um, I don't know what the average Senate race is, but it's probably a bit more. Think about all that we could fund if technology people could run the table on the right. House subcommittee and the Senate subcommittee. Does that – If we – yeah. And does Go that – so, so do you see something like that? Like, you know, this the SESTA-FOSTA bill that was just passed. Yep. And I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that. Is that is that a place where a tech subcommittee would touch? I mean, because it obviously is, is very directly related to, to regulation of technology in some degree. Yeah. No, I definitely think it could. I and, definitely and, and, think it could. I mean, is, is it your opinion? I think it's the opinion of, of a lot of pretty smart people that, that this is a pretty bungled law. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, is there is there a way to go walk that back? You know, I mean, it feels like it feels like, you know, this is having immediate something like that is having immediate impact on on sex workers, uh, on people's like literal safety. You know, what do you what do you do in a situation like that? Let's say it's 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 September. You know, I don't know when the primary is. Or I guess it'd be after the primary, but it's it's uh, I guess it'd be this November is when the actual yeah. uh, election is. Right. So you're in. 
you get into that tech subcommittee, are you are you taking aim at something like the SESTA FOSTA bill? Like are you are you is that something that's on the on the docket for you? So something I think is really good that Donald Trump has unleashed is a kind of authenticity that people can have with the with the people you're asking to vote uh, for you. I think 10 years ago, someone coming on your podcast and saying, you know what, the, the safety of sex workers is my primary concern here, and I'm not going to put women in danger, even if they are sex workers. I think that is such a bold statement that a decade ago, you couldn't have said it. Yeah. But I think nowadays people want authentic people standing up and doing that. So are there ways the tech subcommittee can regulate that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just need smarter people doing that. So yeah. So let me so let me flip this around for a second. Um go ahead. Yeah. You know, we're talking about we're talking about Facebook here and and obviously like look, the p- politicians can do a lot, subcommittees can do a lot, but like at the end of the day, I mean, we do have this this divide here where where you've got engineers making these kind of um, business decisions, arbitrary sort of like, uh, you know, scale decisions. And they're not really checking, um, they're not checking like the ethics of it, right? Before yeah. they, they throw the switch. And I'm curious, like, you know, you, you're, you're an engineer, um, you've been on on the, you know, you're now running for a seat in Congress, but, but you've been on the other side of, of a lot of these debates that we're talking about right now where, yeah. you, you know, you've got to make decisions. Obviously, like, it's not like uh, you're, you're saying, hey, here's how Facebook is going to, you know, do targeted advertising. But, but, but tell me, like, what is the responsibility of a technology company and of developers to work with ethicists or um, is that the way to get to, I mean, you can do all kinds of regulation, but... There has to be a point somewhere where people are actually understanding the decisions they make and the impact they have on people. And how do you implement that within technology companies? Do you have thoughts on that? Of course. So did you get an undergrad for journalism or did you just find yourself in this space? I'm a high school dropout. So okay, well. I'm the least uh, equipped person ever to be doing okay. any type of journalism. Well, when I studied <laughs> journalism in college, uh, I would say probably one fourth of the things we talked about were ethics and yeah. ethical studies. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, communication law, that's been one of the most helpful classes I've ever taken in my in my life. We clearly need to be having bigger discussions about ethics in the things that we we build you know it's almost like we've created this nuclear weapon and we're like here i am the destroyer of worlds like it's that but with you know large aggregate data so um but a nuclear weapon blows up cities and this just this just blows up our brains well, it makes it impossible for us to have a fact-based conversation. Right. Um, yeah, I thought about putting an ad. My staff talked me out of this, but I wanted to. I wanted to put together a micro-targeted ad. It would be like Brianna Wu is the monster, is the worst, and will destroy Tokyo, and will hit the Earth with moon rocks. And like this ad brought to you by you have no idea because <laughs> there's no regulation whatsoever this is a really who good is idea. sending this to I- you. Or I got to disagree paid? with your team. Yeah. I got to say, oh, really? I think yeah. your, your your basic concept for that ad, and you know, I don't want to be the guy that gets you in trouble. You're like, I lost, <laughs> and it's like that fucking ad. But That's I will right. say yeah. that ad is a really great idea because it is completely accurate. It is the yeah. perfect depiction of the problem with our systems. We can't have a conversation if we can't like agree on a basic set of facts. And, and you know, it's a it's a wider discussion here. Like I honestly, you know, we were talking about this in DM the other day. I was like, 
how on earth do we fix this? Uh, like, you know, Breitbart is having a completely different conversation than, you know, people that read the New York Times. Like, these are really alternative universes. Oh, my God. It's I, insane. I have no it, idea. It is literally, it's yeah. like Fox News is like broadcasting from another planet, like, a, yeah. like an alternate version of the Earth. Yeah. You know, but you can't, like... You can't make a Breitbart illegal. That's not constitutional. So I, I, it's if I Trump's think, America. Well, weirdly, weirdly, if Trump had his way, it yeah. would be uh, <laughs> legal to to ban a Breitbart. I mean, it wouldn't be yeah. Breitbart that was getting banned, but you know. I think one of the things we could do, and you know, I have no idea how you break up Facebook at this point because of the monopoly of the newsfeed and how just destructive it is to any kind of media startup. But you know, I was talking about this yeah. before. The, the the name itself is is deceptive. I yeah. mean, newsfeed is yeah. hardly a representation of news. Right. I mean, it's like here's some opinion, here's a hot take, here's some <laughs> crazy thing your uncle thinks, here's, here's some cat. ad paid yep. for by a Russian, you know, uh, botnet or whatever the hell it is. Like it is not a news feed. I mean, they should a very just on the name alone they could make some uh, uh changes, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I think one of the things I I would very much stand for this. The central problem is Facebook is so powerful at this point that if any new social media company comes along, they will acquire them. Yeah, and they will take them over. Well, their practices have been crazy monopolistic. I mean, of I mean, course, buying yeah. Instagram, buying you know, yep. if the second something makes a, a you know WhatsApp, buying yep. um, what was the thing they just bought? It was a. Uh, um, it's like the teen quiz app. It's called. Oh, I missed this. It's called like for the record FTR. Huh. I want to say is huh. what it's called. I, yeah. I mean, it, Ryan's looking it up right now, but they just bought it and it was like TBH. Oh, TBH to be honest. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Right. TBH. Yeah. And, and, uh, I should start now called for the record. Now that I think it. <laughs> it's all factual stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, it's no, but they're doing like, it feels like, you know, Instagram was, could have become an, a competitor. And by the way, you see now Instagram as an independent company might've been a competitor to yeah. Facebook, a real competitor. You Absolutely. know, people, you know, how many people have you met lately? that are like, oh yeah, I quit Facebook. I'm just using Instagram. And yes, you're, I um, know. And you're, you're like, like oh, am dude, I, that I got girl? some bad news for you. Yeah, I know. I have friends of mine <laughs> like, from college about that. No, no, no. I, Playboy, Playboy announced, this is so hilarious. They're like, oh, we're no. leaving Facebook. They made the announcement on Instagram. It's like, uh, guys, you might want to check out the about page on Instagram real oh, quick. No. Well, I think we would all agree. I, I would like to, well, see, this is where it gets complicated again, because how are VCs going to fund the next generation of startups when their exit plan is for Facebook or Google to acquire them? So sure. if you, if you bar that, it's like, how do you even, then you're going to see less innovation in the space. This, well, this is just, I mean, it's, oh, it's funny you bring yeah. that up because I think it kind of root problem of the VC industry um, uh, in general is this idea that you fund a company and you're like, your only exit is basically sell to a bigger company, right? You're yeah. like, oh yeah. And then you'll sell to Oracle. And it's like, but wait, what we used to make businesses and you're like, I'm going to be the new X or I'm going to topple this, you know, uh, you know, it's like, okay, Coke exists. And you're like, Hey, I'm going to make Pepsi. And like, maybe I'll be a competitor to Coke. Not maybe Coke will buy me. It's like yeah. innovation gambling and the place where you cash in the chips. Oh wow! Is, yeah. is two companies. Ryan, very astute. And yeah, if you don't, go. if you get rid of the house, how are you going to play cards? Wow, that was an analogy that actually works weirdly well. I mean, I do think it's. it's I mean, uh, Brianna, to your point, I mean, I think it is like you um, and to Ryan's point. We've. I mean, we built an entire industry on this, right? Like, it, it, I think about this all the time. The industry is is the scale 
problem, you know, where it's everything's got to be the biggest and for everybody, which allows yep. us to mine data so effectively at these companies, you know, the, the commerce aspect of it, the way you, the way you buy and sell things in these, in these environments, the way they're funded, the expect, expectation of exits, you built, you know, the advertising industry, by the way, ads didn't used to be like this, right? Like there used to be ads that people would go like, well, we have some idea of who our audience is, but we're not, we can't go down to like the specific IP and tell you who this person is, where they are, whether they're, uh, uh, wearing shorts or uh, long pants right now. You know, the, the, it used to be like, okay, ads exist, but we only have a general sense of who we're, 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 we're getting at, right? And they still work. Well, I mean, if yeah. I go on your site, like I assume that the stories I get goes, you love this story, maybe you'll love reading this. It's actually pretty accurate. I would imagine you're doing that as well. I mean, I mean do, and it's, yeah. yeah. To a degree, but I mean, I think there's like not not by IP, you know, not by yeah, yeah. not by we've collected all of your browsing habits and now we're serving you. You know, we know you like our advice column. Here's another advice column or whatever. Like I think yeah. that I think that there is a degree to which it works. By the way, when we talk to advertisers at the outline, we're like, look, here's the demographic of our audience. You know, and we talk about you know, where they live generally and, and what kind of incomes they have generally. And, you know, if they're college educated or not and all these different things, but n we're never like, oh, and by the way, we're going to micro target to just people who like um, <laughs> fancy cars in New Jersey or whatever, you know, it's like, that's just not how we work. It's like, there's a type of person who reads the outline and it's kind of like a gr larger group of people. And that's how we sell our, our, our ads. And I actually think that's better. It's like, I don't want, but by the way, you know, you look at a, a something with a just talking about media, you look at something with a BuzzFeed scale. And yeah. now BuzzFeed does not serve a specific audience. It serves all the audiences, right? So the idea of targeting advertisements to specific pockets there makes a lot of sense. And of course it's the same thing that makes sense for Facebook, right? It's like right. that's how that's how to make money in an environment where you can, you know, micro target down to an IP. But the but the whole system is kind of built on this. I mean, t to the point we were just talking about, it's kind of built on a bunch of assumptions that are 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 lassoed to the past in many ways. I mean, in the sense that that the the expectation that you should be able to micro target is built on a concept that Google started 25 years ago, and we haven't. It has not at all really evolved. It, it's only gotten more detailed, but the concept of why you, you would do it or if it's right to do it has not really evolved since Google introduced it in their searches. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, I, again, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily wrong for a, a company like yours to say, "Here's who we have." Like, we can sell you these kinds of ads. What I do have an issue with, I'm I'm not going to name the tech, the media company, but for some of these, if you install Ghostery in your browser and you look at all the tracking that they put on you, it is truly mind boggling. It's yeah. not one tracker. It's like 26 well, trackers. Yeah, we, we, we actually have done, we've tried to <clears throat> greatly diminish any tracking that we do. Like yeah. <clears throat> we obviously have some first party stuff that we do. We have pushed back a lot on advertisers who've come to us and said, we want to do third party tracking. There may have been a, a couple of things we've done where we're like, okay, we'll try like a, you know, a single third party tracking. But like, we, we are, we actually are very kind of like, okay, well, why do you want to, like, what is the reason you're doing this? What's the purpose? I think, you know, in, in nine out of 10 things that we've done, it wasn't even a conversation. And I think that, that it is like the amount that you can track and the way that you can track is kind of crazy. Not only is it bad for consumer, like ultimately bad and sort of intrusive for consumers, but it also slows the, the fucking experience down. Like, it does, like if it you, kills if your you battery. Look at, if you really, yeah. like Ghostry is great. You look at like the amount of data that is being sent back and forth and the amount of things that actually have to load and trigger, 
you know, it's like, it's also making the internet worse. It's really creepy. And there's gotta be better ways. Like I actually think, I think if you're doing something good and people like it and you, you appreciate the audience and, and, and you actually care about their well-being, you can have a kind of an open conversation, say, Hey, we'd like some more information from you so we can understand what you guys want without having to say, we'd like to siphon all of your data out of your every activity. <laughs> you know, I do think like if, if I do think like right now, if we put a survey on the outline, we don't have this, but we're like, Hey, we'd like to hear from you about your interests. You know, I think a lot of the people who read the outline would probably take the survey, not yep. like a shitty one, but like a cool one. Like, because I think people like uh, who read us are, are here for a very specific reason and they know what we're about. And if we're honest with them, I think that's a way to actually have a conversation. But I, I do, more. Yeah. But, but you know, for skip for huge scale audiences, I mean, and for what Facebook is dealing with, I mean, the easiest way is obviously to just track and track and track and not easy really think about the consequences. So, so I would, I would love to know your opinion on this yeah. and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure there are Facebook out engineers out there that are listening to this. And I, I hope this doesn't feel personal, but when you talk to people that work at Facebook, do you find a kind of idealism that goes beyond reality because I do. I've had some really hard conversations in the last few weeks and I've really it's it's really bothered me like an inability to go you know to have like that conversation like you know yeah. we 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 should have seen this problem coming we made some bad decisions like yeah, that's, no, I mean, that's I all think, I'm looking for yeah I think I think um look absolutely I think that yeah. there is, um, I mean, you even hear it when, when you hear Zuckerberg talk, I mean, you hear yeah. the doctrine, you know, this, it, by the way, and I have such a, I have such a strong feeling about this, this evangelism of, of connection and, and yeah. openness and, and community. And it's like, listen, I actually don't think the world has to be arranged so that every possible person who is in it can reach every other possible person in real time. You know, like I'm not sure. That's how Gamergate happened. That's right. Exactly I'm not, how Gamergate I'm not sure that the, yeah. that the correct arrangement of the world is that you're a person in another place with a whole different life and set of ideas and we have no connection whatsoever and you're able to like blast your opinion into my direct, like dominate my feed my information feed with your opinion or your perspective or your ideas, right? Like that is not a normal way that information is transferred. Now, I think we were, I was talking about this earlier on the, on the podcast, but I think that information should be free and accessible. I love the idea of the internet. I love the fact that it's an open platform for communication, but the idea that Facebook is the answer to that communication <laughs> strikes me as, strikes me as this, the, I mean, a perverse and extremely oversimplified idea about what communication is between people and what information is and how valuable that information actually is. And so I think that, and it puts a whole different value proposition against the information that is really broken. And so to that point, I do think people at Facebook, and in fact, um, and actually BuzzFeed did some great reporting right after the Cambridge Analytica stuff started started breaking. And I want to say Charlie Warzel, who's one of the writers there, wrote a piece where he said, you know, from and I quoted it in one in a, in, a, in a, an editorial that I wrote, but it was like uh, about Zuckerberg and sort of the news, the changes in news. But I think the sentiment was, you know, the the um, the changes in the news feed, which diminish, you know, sort of publishers from the eye of, of users was like really didn't make waves at all in the internal message boards of 
Facebook, people there were talking about like, when are we going to implement um, uh, Bitcoin or when are we going to, you know, when are cryptocurrencies <laughs> going to become a part of the platform? Oh. And so I do think there is this like, <clears throat> look, you know, it's funny. What, what's strange is like when I was a kid, when I was 12 and 13, I was probably like, I read like Mondo 2000 and the early issues of Wired. And I was yeah. one of these like techno optimists. And I was like, oh my God, like technology is going to be everything. Technology is going to change the world. Like it's all about taking technology and letting it, you know, dictate and decide where we go as, as human beings, right? Just right. enamored with the universes of like William Gibson. And I would say now looking back, it's like if you kept that perspective into adulthood, into, <laughs> into like the real world, if you kept that perspective in politics and in personal relationships. It's, it's like trickle-down economics. Yeah, and it's in like privacy. Yeah. Like, like you're fucking crazy because those <laughs> ideas were not right. Like they're cool and interesting and exciting, but they weren't all like, oh, let's follow these through to their logical conclusion. And I think that like honestly, Zuckerberg, first off, Zuckerberg did not start Facebook to, com to connect the world, okay? No, he started not. Facebook to rate women. Like that's like, yep. like, like we should just be really clear. And the original incarnations of Facebook was like a clicky uh, way to for to like hook up with people on college campuses. Okay, like yep. it was not some open, you know, kumbaya. Let's all like be friends. Communication platform. It was like very specific. I was one of the 14 colleges that was the first to get Facebook. And we were there in those early, even getting past face mash. Like you're yeah, sitting on college right. campuses and you're looking up everyone that's hot around you yeah. in your, it's in like your grades it was to like hook Tinder. up with. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and by the way, so was Friendster. And yep. so was MySpace. Like, I went on so I met so many people on Friendster. I mean, nobody remembers it now, but it literally was exactly like Facebook. I I had like I like had girlfriends that I had met on Friendster and we ended up dating, you know? And like look, I'm not saying that's bad. That's good. That's great. I want people to like meet people. That's wonderful. But like there is not a natural progression from like let me find some people to date or let me find some let me see who my friends are and see their interests to we are now the free speech platform for the universe, you know? It's like right. if you actually if your engineering is based on these kind of like initial the initial premise that it's all about like exposing who you are, who you want to be known as on the internet. And then you can like look and explore that part of you. Like that to me is a flawed premise to begin with because that doesn't actually sum up what people are or who they are or how they like need to communicate. Sorry, I'm rambling here, but to your no, point. No, 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 you're not. I mean, you're not like I do yeah. think that, that within, I think in a lot of tech companies, but certainly Facebook, there is a, there is a kind of like, it's one part kind of techno optimism, which I respect and understand and, and totally appreciate and I think does drive a lot of the great innovation that we've seen. But it's it's also one part like blind allegiance, you know, and I think that the, it is you got a guy who's been coached. Look, he built the thing when he was a teenager. <laughs> He's been yes. coached by a team of PR experts since he was 23 years old or 24 years old on how to talk to people. And that's the way it sounds when he talks. And when you when you hear about Facebook by the way, I think the same thing is true when I hear Jack Dorsey talk about Twitter. It's like, listen, dude, you're a an ad-supported service on the internet. You can either be really fucking good at it or you can be really bad at it, but you are not um, the the ultimate test of the constitution in America. You know, yep. like and, yep. and so I do think I do think that like we need to rescale what these things are and the people within them need to think about what what they're what they are actually building and what the ramifications are and not just think you saw this they brought up the letter in the hearings what is the guy boz 
Is that the name of the dude? Oh, right. The, yeah. Who yeah. wrote the letter. He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, even if this gets people killed, it's still good. And yeah. he's like, and you know, the, his excuses, oh, I wrote this to test our limits. And it's like, you know, dude. I think you just wrote it because you probably believe some part of you actually believes it. And oh, I you're absolutely like, do. You're like, yeah. you're like uh, connection Uber Alles, you know? And it's like, that's actually not the answer. Like, you got to think about how these products function. And so I, I, think I do that, have to say, I don't think there's a universe where Facebook magically wakes up and their engineers like go study philosophy of moralism <laughs> until right. they start making better. I think that's what we call boil the ocean strategy in engineering. No, I think the, yeah, I think the reality is, I think that, well, you know, and we should talk about possible solutions, but I, yeah, I do think, yeah. I do think one big solution is like, and I've said this for a long time and I'll only keep kind of like banging my drum on it. I do think that human beings just, we need to recognize, like, we need literacy on these things, like the dangers of the potential for abuse and to say, you know, there's, there's media literacy, there's information literacy. There's also like technology literacy, which I think is like knowing like how something works and how it can be abused is really powerful. I don't think there's any future where people are so educated on technology. They make better decisions. I, really? I just don't. I don't. So here's my techno think, optimism coming through. I'm well, like, no, well, they're going to get better. Psychologically, people, humans uh, always seek a deep need for control. And I've always thought that this like informed consent with collecting data, it's a way for geeks like you and I to kind of feel control. Like, okay, well, I opted in. I understand the system. I am choosing to give this to them. And you know, the reality is, if I wanted to quit social media today uh, and try to get off the grid, I could not continue my career. Right. And that's a fact. Right. So I, I, I kind of have always felt uh, education is kind of a, a false flag here. I don't need to understand everything that brought down Lehman Brothers to participate to have a bank account in this country. Right. And I think in that same way, I think we need smarter people doing some common sense things yeah. to uh, fix the system. And I think we've got a roadmap of where to go forward from here. I mean, listen, that sounds really good to me. I I, I want to believe so badly that, that it can't. <laughs> you know, you do you do get into this look. I mean, we're in such a dystopic sort of like uh, dystopian reality right now that you're like, wait, is anything? I, mean, I was just saying to Ryan earlier, it feels like we're like, hey, this week it might be the end times. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. the Zuckerberg thing and then there's Trump is like he's going to war with Syria or something or, you know, his lawyer is getting raided. It just feels like everything is kind of crashing. You do want to believe that there's solutions, you know, and you and you as a candidate for a for a uh, a seat in in politics in this country you've got solutions let me and let me actually I'm going to quickly pivot because we don't have I, I don't want to take all of your day up here but I do have a couple questions about your some of this as it relates to what we're talking about and how you know some of the solutions that you've got for um, on both a kind of local level for you and a national level w one of the things is I mean obviously we've been talking a lot about um, um, targeted advertising you know yeah. what would you do what would you actually do when it comes to targeted advertising, like what is your policy for the way that targeted advertising is used? Well, I can give you a soundbite and then I can give you a larger engineering answer. <laughs> but I think my my, my soundbite, the quick answer here would be we need to uh, apply the same rules that we have for radio, television, and newspapers and apply that to ads online. There, it, It'll be more inconvenient for me as a candidate. I imagine there'll be FEC forms to fill out. By the way, the FEC, the software from this is literally from the 90s and is the worst. You've, If you imagined your worst experience from 
Windows 95. It's worse than that. Wow. That's a, that's a whole different thing. It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, yeah. But yeah. But um, it exists. Yeah, we, but it exists. Someone has to file. You, you want to put an ad somewhere. You have to fight. You have to actually talk about what you're doing. Can we not fund someone to like create logical modern FEC software? That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But uh, as far as with Facebook, I would say like one of the first places to start is we need to label ads. Now that doesn't completely get dark money out of politics. You know, uh, Jay Mayer there in New York has written some brilliant books about dark money, and that's still going to mean that the Mercers and the billionaires can still you know buy all this influence on Facebook and win whatever election they want. Um, yeah, that's not going to stop that, but it's certainly a place to stop. I think that we need to pass an omnibus privacy bill in this country. I do. I think that most of our laws around uh, our rights as consumers were literally written in the 90s. And I think it's time we took a fresh look at that and said, you know what? We have social media and cloud computing today. We need to take a logical look at this. I don't know how you feel, but if Facebook had existed when I was a teenager, I'm not sure I could be running for office today. (laughs) So I, I feel very strongly we need to let data sunset or let users request their data and uh, basically have it purged. Um, Something I feel is very, very important is we've got to get past this false idea that a social security number and a birth date is a good encryption standard for basing your identity on. Uh, I want to upgrade that to a public and private key. So at the very least, when you're entering into new loans that someone can't get, you know, find out your birthday and go take out fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 of debt in your name. The, um, that's interesting. I mean, I, th- I love the idea of, of a, of a kind of, uh, regulation around sunsetting data and, you know, your ownership. I mean, one I'd like to see is ownership of data. It's like, it's like, yeah. you know, like it should be like just law. Like if I produce data anywhere, like if I'm, if I, if anything I do generates a piece of data for you, there has to be some right to that data that I've created. Like, I'm not saying it's like, uh, uh, you don't get to do anything with it, but there has, should be some basic kind of human, like, I'd like to be paid for it. Even just sense. I yeah. think that's a great idea. That's interesting. I do. I think yeah, I think I, it's people, yours. I bet people yeah. would get a lot more comfortable with hyper targeted advertising if they were getting paid a few pennies. Even if I got a twenty five cents a, a, a week or whatever, I would feel like, well, you went through <laughs> the steps to show that I am of value. Yeah. You're like, we'll yeah. pay you one cent to look at this ad. To tweet. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you let me ask you something that's a little bit uh, closer to home. One of your one of your initiatives um that you've talked about is wanting to bring um, tech to Massachusetts in a way yeah. that a, to create an industry there around technology that that looks maybe not looks like but is more like something like what's happened in Silicon Valley and yeah. in, around San Francisco. So, you know, Massachusetts, we have dreary weather, but we do have legal marijuana and oh, we right. have uh, we have some pretty good laws around women in the workplace. Our attorney general, Martha Healy, has actually done some good work. So when I'm thinking about states where we could kind of start building industry that would treat women and people of color and LGBT people better, I think Massachusetts would be a great place to start. Uh, you know, for me, it's something like, you know, I grew up in Mississippi. This is the poorest state in America. I, like you, I didn't finish college. And the reason I didn't finish college is because my only computer science class at the University of Mississippi was teaching me 1959's COBOL. This was when, you know, we were starting object-oriented programming and I knew I could not create a career 
if I stayed that. So like I went away and decided to self-teach myself engineering skills. I think there are a lot of poor people out there that have had to do that. So when I tour schools in Massachusetts and I see classrooms with very, very outdated, useless technical skills that they're trying to teach children, that personally hurts me. Do you know what I mean? That personally hurts me. And maybe everyone in America doesn't need to know how to code, but I want every girl, boy, non-binary, any person out there that wants to learn these skills, I think that should be taught in the the classroom. I think that's really vital. I also think, um, you know, we are really facing a climate change crisis in this country. We've got to double, quadruple down on uh, renewable energy. I think that there are jobs to be found out in my district. I think we just don't have leadership that cares about it. So so, so my, one of my thoughts, my brain kind of immediately goes to this, when I think about like it, turning a city that maybe isn't there into, you know, trying to find a model, maybe it's not exactly Silicon Valley, but to bring that technology as an industry into a place how do you and, and and maybe you've thought about this and I'd love to hear like you know how do you stop the the bad stuff from coming in with the good and what I mean by that is you look at San Francisco and and yeah. you look at the divide between the tech these people who've come in for tech jobs and the companies who've kind of put their foot down there you know put their put their mark on the city and and you see people being displaced communities being kind of like totally upended you know, uh, um, uh, you see you know, rent rent going through the roof, housing prices going through the roof, and a lot of you know a, a lot of um, uh, you see you know in terms of the people who are actually getting these jobs, you're not seeing a kind of growth in amazing diversity. You're actually seeing a tightening of and lack of diversity. And so, so how do you combat that gentrification? How do you combat the 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 mode of technology companies to often um, uh, not hire diversely or not look at a you know broader range of candidates? And how do you not blow up mass? How do you not destroy your 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 district um, in do, trying to bring that there? We're 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 seeing that right now with the sweepstakes to see who gets Amazon's second, right. <laughs> like coast here, right? Um, I I would say this. I do think our attorney general here in Massachusetts is uniquely good. She is one of the key people out there that's been suing Trump when he's crossed the line on issue after issue after issue, like the Muslim ban. And I I would say this, you know, I think you and I are very similar in the sense that we've entered industries and they're imperfect industries. Engineering and tech is, God knows it has its problem. Media has its problems. But I look at the work you've done throughout your career and I think you're trying to do the best work you can within a flawed system. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel, too. Like, I don't pretend to be, like, I'm a deeply flawed person. But I think people can look at what I've done throughout my career and they'd agree, well, Brianna was doing what she felt was right, you know, even when it wasn't convenient for her personally. So, you know, I think my hope is if we get new people in there that are, are younger and just have a different set of values, I don't know if this is because I'm a Gen Xer. I don't know if it's I, – I don't know what it is, but I think that I, I, I'm really hoping that when my generation steps up to the plate and we are the ones serving in there instead of baby boomers, I, I can just hope we're making less self-absorbed decisions, <laughs> but we will have to see how that goes. Would you would – you, uh, 
do you think you'll find policies? You know, let's say you're able to, you know, you, you, you get the seat, you get in there, you start making changes. Do you think you'd be able to find policies that can, uh, obviously, in working with other with other um, folks in the in the political across the political landscape? But can you can you regulate fairness? I mean, can I believe you can? I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm asking a kind of rhetorical question, but like, do you feel like you can regulate some of that fairness into the into the into the growth of a of an industry? I do. I think it's worth remembering. Like nine out of the 10 uh, most uh, valuable companies in the United States, nine out of 10 are tech companies. And I think to a certain extent that's come because of very light regulation. Um, So I do think it's important. Like for me as a politician, I don't necessarily think I – understand how to teach more than a teacher does. And I think it's not always necessarily true that government has a better idea how to run an industry than an industry does. But clearly, if you look at technology right now, that light touch has led to a part where it's literally threatening our democracy. And I don't know how we can have an election in 2020 that would feel legitimate to me if we don't fix these fundamental problems with Facebook. So I think a lot is on the line right now, but you know, it's, it's, I think you have to accept imperfectness as part of the, the, the process, you know, it's sort of like cybersecurity. Cybersecurity isn't a, a destination where you do it and you're done. It's a process that you go through to make things safer. I think it's the same thing with regulation. Right. Interesting. I think that's like, well, that's a pretty good place to leave it. I feel like I, I have a sense of, of, of your view on this and, and I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that, that it can be done because I think that we've got a lot of huge kind of boulders to push up a, up a hill. And if we can do it, we can actually get to maybe not the techno utopia that I imagined in my teenage years, <laughs> but we can get to a place that is better where technology is like an, uh, uh, a, a positive part of people's lives instead of a negative one. And that there are like, you know, I think about when I think about American innovation, you know, in the shift that we've seen, like what a great opportunity for this country that is where, where heavy industry is changing, has changed and is frankly dying and will die thanks to automation yeah. in a hundred or a thousand yeah. different ways, you know, yeah. but we are also like the incredible innovators when it comes to technology. Right. And that is like a place where there is room to explore, but you can't do it if it's the same 10 white guys in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I say this as a white guy, uh, the same <laughs> 10 white guys in Silicon Valley doing the same shit all the time without any checking of their um, privilege or their ideas. And this is to me like the Zuckerberg thing just boiled way, way down to this. It's yeah. like, yeah. if Zuckerberg was, I mean, frankly, I don't want to be rude, but if Zuckerberg was a better, smarter person, there would be, <laughs> I do think there would be fewer, if he had read more books. <laughs> and had understood like his place in building this thing, taking a liberal arts course. Yeah, you know, it's just like, yeah, but it is yeah. like your experience informs what you make. And I think that that you know we are in a place right now where people with a really narrow experience have 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 been making the decisions. I mean, you look at look at Trump, perfect poster yeah. boy for this. You know, here's a you know a white kid born to privilege who never thought for a second that the world wasn't his to master. And he's taken every advantage he could take and has made every mess he could make. And nobody ever really checked him for. He became a fucking billionaire and the president. And that's what we have rewarded in this country. And I hope we start rewarding other stuff because we really are on a a broken, very broken path right now. Wow. I just went to a very dark place. 
Well, I, I would say that, yeah, I don't know many people that have run for Congress have been homeless, but I, I have been. When I came out to my parents, uh, you know, they're religious right people in Mississippi. And they disowned me immediately. It was a very, very, very challenging time for me to get back on my feet. But, you know, I can look back at that now at 40 and go, that taught me some empathy that you just can't get any other way. And it makes it very personal. So I I think the last thing I would say to your audience is it's so easy to be cynical. You know, being cynical, if it feels brave and my generation, like we grew up on Daria and Gen X cynicism. It, It seemed really cool back in 1990, but I, I realized today, like that kind of cynicism, like the system sucks and I'm not going to participate. I think it's cowardice because when you're cynical, it's like your armor and it stops you from being vulnerable. What is hardest is saying, I'm going to try to fix this. I'm going to ask people for support. I'm going to do what I can instead of just watching the world burn and making fun of it. So I, you know, the last time I came on this podcast, I was just blown away by the the people that reached out to me afterwards. And I just, I would encourage everyone there to do one of three things. Either run for office yourself, local, state, you know, federal, either volunteer for someone who's running for office or donate money to someone running for office. Pick one of those three things, but don't leave like this billionaire class making all of our decisions because it's not working for any of us. Well, listen, I got to say, I like that sentiment. I do. I mean, <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I vacillate between like total doomsday and, and optimism. And I do, <laughs> I do think, but I do think it is, nothing's going to change if, if we're all sitting around and frankly sitting on our asses going like, mm, well, whatever, there's nothing we can do about it. I do think that they're, they're look, you know, I know this was an argument early and I don't like to think about it, talk about it. people are like, well, maybe Donald Trump will be good for America and good for democracy because it'll get people fired up. And it's like, you know what, actually, if we can find some, like some, maybe let's not call it a silver lining, but like a, a bronze lining <laughs> to this is like, maybe that is true. Maybe more people like you are running for office and more people with new ideas and more people who aren't the establishment. And we actually end up with a more progressive, smarter, better, more functional government because where we're at right now is I'm definitely, there's definitely the doomsday scenario looks really, yeah, really let's clear. Let's get out and vote before the world yeah. melts. Yeah. Literally. And the optimism yeah. is like, I get it, but you got to make it. You have to actually, you actually have to make the op, the optimistic view has to be turned into reality by action. And I think that's what you're that's saying, true. which I that's love. True. Listen, Brianna, thank you so much for doing this. This conversation was fascinating um, as, as I expected and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and it's you've got to, as you go through your campaign and as you start to hit some milestones, I'd love to have you come back and, and talk about the the kind of fight that you're in and, and hear how that is, how that's panning out. And, you know, your localized experience, I think, will speak to a lot of stuff that's happening in, in, in much of the country in this next election cycle. I can't wait to actually win my race and to invite people like you to my office to figure out how we create a healthier media environment where we can, where we can have a more informed electorate. Let so me be thank your you Steve very much. Bannon. I can be your, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let me be your Bannon. Uh, anyhow, Brianna, thank you so much for this. And, uh, and we will definitely talk to you soon. Amazing. Thank you.
Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just been told that your family is staying at a hotel, even though your family has a house. So that can't be good.